0: this morning a good crowd let's all go ahead and get started let's all stand page number 50.
1: and say amen. amen amen good to see all of you this morning appreciate all of you being here appreciate our visitors being here this morning thank y'all for coming to Merville baptist and it is our prayer and our desire that when any of us come here that jesus meets with us personally i need him to meet with me this morning you amen. need him to meet with you this morning so let's go to church can i get a witness right there amen. i'm going to ask brother ron bagley to open us in a word of prayer
0: Lord, thank
2: you God, for being so good to us this week. Lord, bring us back at this place. God, I
0: pray, Lord, we won't take it for granted. Lord, that we've got a place to come and worship you. God, I pray, Lord, that we lift one another up in love and good works and passion. God, if you'll come down, Lord, and do be for a little while, we sure would appreciate it It'd be much yeah. obliged. Lord, yeah. love you with all our heart. God, I pray yes. Lord, that you'll just come on down.
2: Amen. In the name I pray,
0: Amen. Amen. Remain standing, page 362, top. I'm
3: know something's missing a still small voice that you just keep dismissing do you know how it feels to be troubled inside and to think just for you on the cross someone died I know you've been changed and it seems like the whole
4: Another dream enhancer God is your one and only answer The reason he won't finish what you start
2: God's oh, got a better plan So let's rise the ways of man Put it all in the table
4: The field of battle You can hear the giant saber rattle Never do what all those doubters say Take the armor off and never choose it You just need a stone and faith to use it You won't be the one who falls today
2: Falls oh, way God's wiser than the ways of man Put it all in his able hands He knows what to do Qualified and well reversed Creator of the universe when You've done all you can God's got a
4: better plan Avoid that self-inflicted consequence when it seems that it divides all common sense.
0: Versus this. Alright, let's do that last verse. Onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will be whole. Soon the birthday gates will open. We shall tread streets of gold. where When we all get to heaven, what a day! will be, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout victory.
1: Can you be seated this morning? Some may not realize this, but during our time of fellowship, that's the time where we take advantage of People being able to just on their own coming up and giving their tithes and offerings and love gifts. But if you uh, need to do that, you can come up anytime. If you wanted to stick a $100 bill in the preacher's pocket, I mean, anytime, anytime. Just, just so you'll know. <laughs> um, as a matter of announcements this morning, i got a couple that I want to remind you of. On February the 11th, which will be here soon, we're having a Valentine banquet here at the church. And there's a sign-up sheet on the back of, in the hallway, on the table in the hallway. And if you, need, if you would love to come, we'd love to have you come and be a part with us. It's for everybody. Uh, whether you have a Valentine, you might be an old mean crab and don't, no, nobody likes you. But come and be with us. Amen. <laughs> so Anyway. That'll be February the eleventh, and we're already announcing this, so you'll make sure not to book anything of of your own on top of these dates. But on April the sixteenth through the nineteenth, with the Bud Stiltoner being with us, to preach a, a four day revival meeting. So remember those dates, and uh, and please don't plan anything on top of that. So um, I do want to read this. <clears throat> This card, I was out last Sunday, uh, a little bit of sickness, but uh, uh, glad to be back today. But this is from me and Deb. It says, Dear Church Family, thank you all for the generous blessing over the Christmas holidays. We will enjoy the gift cards throughout the year. And I promise you, we're still living off of some that we uh, had given us last year. We love you dearly and thank you for your love and the many ways that you bless us, me and Miss Deb. So, and from the depths of our heart, thank y'all for being so good to us.
0: Uh, didn't make the bulletin yet, but it will pretty soon. Uh, February, um, March the 11th, we're going to have a men's day of top golf. And uh, we're going to start that. We're going to leave church probably around 2 o'clock and so every man can get all your work done before 2 o'clock, and you can be here and ready to start. The church will pay for the golf game, but you pay for your own food. We're going to have a lot of fun and fellowship, so that's the way we're going to do it. So anybody that can go will have a bus going. So uh just want you all men to put that in your calendar so you won't book nothing that day.
3: When trouble comes against me, and I feel so overwhelmed, when it seems the more I try giving, my troubles seem to swell, and when I reach the end of me, and my faith is getting dim, I hear a sweet voice whisper, bring it all to Him, I'll just bring it all to Him. Has a plan. When the burdens get so heavy and my sight is getting dim, how sweet it is knowing I can bring it all to Him. In the throne room of my Savior, I find sweet relief, I find strength to bear my burdens. I find comfort for my grief When my cup is overflowing And He fills it to the brim What a blessed consolation I can bring it all to Him I'll just bring it all to Him When no one understands When you're looking for an answer God always has a plan when the burdens get so heavy and my sight is getting dim, how sweet it is me. I can bring it all to Him. I'll just bring it all to Him.
1: What it is about, or what time it is, you can always bring it to Jesus. Amen. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are he- heavy laden, I will give you rest. And thankful for that promise of God in all of our lives who are saved. If you're not saved, uh, I pray for you that you'll get saved very soon in your life. Luke chapter 16 this morning, if you will. Luke 16. I got a text. I get. Uh, several texts every Sunday morning from various preacher friends of mine and a couple of them will let me know that they're praying for me and things like that and uh, I got one from a, a preacher friend of mine that used to be uh, very close to me down in Waycross he was, I pastored him and his family for years and his name is Mark Cardwell if Mark, if you listen to this at any time, I love you, brother, and thankful, thankful for you. But uh, Brother Mark shot me a text this morning. He'll you know, have some scripture at the beginning of the text. And then he said, I just want you to know that I'm really praying for you today, Brother John. And I text him back, and I said, please do. I said, the subject that God has given me to preach this morning is a uh, subject on hell. And I said, I don't want to, but I must. And uh, when God urges a preacher's heart to do something like that, uh, we must be obedient to Him. Luke 16, if you found that passage of Scripture, if you'll stand to honor the reading of God's Word this day. I do want to thank every one of you that are here. I'm praying that God will do something in a big way among us today. And uh, in all of our hearts, we all need God to do something for us, whether we realize it or not. We need God doing much for us. And thankful that He's willing. (laughs) I felt something on that. Amen. Luke 16, we'll begin in verse number 19 and read through the end of the chapter. This is a very familiar passage of scripture especially in a church like this Um, but I'm preaching with a a question this morning. What happened to hell? What happened to hell? Uh, You don't hear much preaching about it anymore and if you do it's a rarity and, and I just want to mind the Lord this morning while we stand before you. Verse number 19 reads like this It said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Must have been a pitiful sight. It came to pass that the beggar died. I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they... Hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. Our Father, this morning we love you so much, Lord. But more than that, I thank you for loving me so much more than I love you. And Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, this morning to please enable me to stand before these people and preach what you've burdened my heart about. And I pray, God, that I might do it in a, with a clean heart and a right spirit about me, Lord. And Father, I pray that the good word of God would uh, do its work among every person that's here this morning, that you please settle in with us, Lord, and do what no one else can do, and be God among us. We're thankful for everything that you're going to do now, for it's in the precious holy name of the Lord Jesus, we pray and ask these things, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You be seated. There's many things that a preacher can preach about, but this one subject is a, a subject that needs to be preached at times as under the prompting of the Spirit of God, because we get so forgetful in our lives, even those of us who are saved, we forget the reality of hell, and that it's a real place that people every day die and go to. It's with a burdened heart that I stand before you this morning. I was earlier in the week, I was preparing some other things for this day. And I'm always praying. I said, God, you prepare me for Sunday. And as I was meditating and preparing and studying, that thought of hell just kept coming to my mind and my heart. I tried to dismiss it at times, but it just kept coming back and back and And God kept burdening my heart to preach on this subject. And He knows all things. He knows what the need is for any hour that we assemble together. And I'm glad He's a God like that. I'm glad to know that God is a God that knows all things. And He knows our needs. He knows your needs. He knows the needs of every individual on planet earth. And exactly what He needs to do for them. The context of what's been going on in Luke chapter 16. The chapter begins with the Lord telling about a man who wasted his goods. Then he talks about the true riches of life. You know, you can have all the money that, that Bill Gates and Elon Musk and others have. And, and have it grouped together and it belong to you. But if you're not saved, you're a very poor person. Uh, then he goes on and he talks about those, as Brother Josh was mentioning to us in our devotion time at Sunday school, he said about those that try to serve two masters. You try to do this for the world, you try to do that for Jesus, and the two just won't mix together. Then he goes on and he talks about those who would justify their self before men, but God knowing their heart. And there's a lot of people like that. They try to justify themselves before men and try to brag on themselves, if you will. And, and, but God knows the truth of their heart. Then he finishes up the chapter with this. It's not a parable. It's a true story about two men. Jesus Christ knew these men. He knew one was a beggar and he knew the other was a rich man. And he knew the eternal destiny, the eternal fate of both of these men. He knew the beggar was, was a, a very poor individual during his lifespan on earth. And he was so poor, he would sit outside the rich man, a rich man's gate, and he would beg, he would beg just, just for a crumb, just some crumbs that would fall. And it said he was so disgusting looking and so diseased that dogs would come and lick their sores and that's not always a bad thing because they tell me that dogs have a healing property in their saliva and the dogs would come and lick his sores goes on to tell us that that rich that poor man died and the angels came and attended to his to his dead body and they lifted that dead body off of there and they they swept his soul up into heaven. And he's in heaven even today. Then he goes on and tells another story correlating with that, but of an opposite degree. He says that there was a very rich man, and he, and he points this out to us, that he fared sumptuously. That means over and abounding. That means there was nothing that would even come to this man's mind that he did not have every. Day of his life he ate well He lived well He was just a, very, a man that Was very rich It goes on to tell us that That rich man died And then the next statement Don't even talk about his burial Don't talk about anything it just says The very next statement says In hell lifted up his eyes Whatever happened To hell Where are the preachers that uh, remind the congregations of such a place? I thank God that He's one who does tell us the truth about life and eternity. For 29 years, I've lived as a lost person. didn't know I was going to hell. The devil didn't tell me. The devil didn't disclose it to me. But one day, God came into my life. And started showing me the reality of a place called hell. And uh, showed me the reality of it. And I realized as a man of 29 years of age. That I needed Jesus in my life. This story that's told in this passage is very real. It's very profound. It's very enlightening. It's very, if you will... Horrendous Hell This place This place where this man This rich man went to And he was tormented Continuously It's a horrible place to even consider And you know we It gets so good on this earth That at times we just don't even Consider this place Or even think about this place called hell The reality of it is Every day every day every day somebody dies many people die and go to a place that jesus called hell it's uh hell's a prepared place it's prepared for the devil and his angels god never intended man to go there but he prepared this place for the devil and his angels and Sad to report to all of us that people who die without Jesus Christ in their hearts die and go to this place called hell. We've heard it said that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. but Hell is a prepared place for an unprepared people. I want to preach for just a little while on the subject of hell. And, and some may say, well, preacher, why do you feel like we need to preach on hell? Well, number one, because of the determination of the devil. He wants to damn as many as he can to this awful place. He wants others to join him in his place called hell. He'll do everything he can to blind and deceive people. Make people think, well, uh, I've been baptized. I'm okay. That's a lie. And make others think, well, I'm a pretty good person. Surely my goodness will outweigh my badness. And... Uh, I'll go to heaven. That's a lie. You'll never be stacked like that in front of God. You'll never be ju- judged in that manner before God. It's whether you've accepted Jesus Christ or rejected Him. Is the only determining factor of your life that will determine your eternal destiny. Not only the determination of the devil, but another reason we need to preach on hell is because of the deception of the deceivers. There's many false prophets out there today. Especially in the days in which we live of the last days. He said many deceivers. Many false prophets. They're everywhere. They're in churches. They're in Gainesville. They're on the TV. They're on the radio. They're everywhere. They're deceiving people. All they want to talk about is just how to get rich. How to prosper. They're deceivers. Another reason because of the designated... Will of our Savior. He wants us to preach on hell. Matter of fact, the very first one who ever coined the phrase hell fire was Jesus Christ. It wasn't some Baptist preacher, it was Jesus Christ who coined that phrase, hell fire. I want to preach on this subject just for a little while and uh, pray that God gives it to His, his perfect will. I want us to first consider the horrors of hell. There's many, many sorrows listed even in our text this morning about this place called hell. One of the sorrows that are there is the torment. 24-7, tormented. Just complete consumption of you being tormented. 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 Down here we have trouble But at times you have to admit There's those times of rest That we have in between the troublous times Times where we feel pretty good Times where we have it pretty good Even in the midst of all the other troublous times There are rest and periods of goodness But in hell there's none It's a place of 24-7 torment Never one second, never one twinkling of an eye where somebody gets any comfort or any let up of the torment. It's just torment, torment. He said, I'm tormented in this flame. Another sorrow of hell is the worms associated with hell. Jesus Christ said in Mark chapter 9, I want you to listen to this carefully. In Mark chapter 9 verses 43 through 48, Jesus said this. He said, if I hand offend thee, cut it off. He said, better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm, their worm, dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Then he went on and said, if I foot offend thee, cut it off. He said, "It better for thee to enter into, halt, into life halt than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched." Then he goes on and even mentions the eyes. He said, if "One of your eyes offends you; pluck it out." And what he's trying to draw our attention to is the fact: that hell is a horrible place that. Nobody, nobody, nobody in the right mind would desire to go to this place. Scientists have discovered on the ocean floor, the depths of the ocean floor. They've discovered that there's uh, places in the ocean floor where the earth is split. And from the, the only place it can come from is from the center of the earth. There'd be lava, fiery lava that would just ooze out on the bottom of the ocean floor, and because of the contrast of degrees of temperature, it would cool after some time and and harden down there on the ocean floor but in in uh, exploring these beds of lava, they found eight foot worms down there they say that they say that the the very center of the heart of the earth is over 12,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is hotter than the surface of the sun. The center of this earth is on fire. It's a place called hell. And it's a horrible place. It has, has all kinds of horrors associated with it. Another sorrow of it is that they're bound Jesus said this he said then said the king to the servants bind them hand and foot take him away and cast him into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth whenever whenever uh, an abductor tries to abduct somebody the first thing they'll do is bind them up to keep them from being able to run away and in hell they're bound no escape there's nowhere they can go No." way they can go anywhere they're bound into this place called hell forever and ever the darkness is another sorrow of this place called hell and jesus said this in john 19 through 20 of of john 3 he said and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil and everyone that doeth Evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Darkness. I can't imagine a place described by G- the very lips of Jesus Christ in the heart of the earth as hell, a place that is just molten fire twenty four seven the souls of people who die without Jesus, their souls. Go into this place called hell. It's dark. There's people screaming all around them. They can't see a thing. And they're screaming. They're so tormented. They're screaming. They can't see anybody. They know people are all. Souls are all around them. They hear the tormented screams. There's no way that they can get out. Another is just simply the flames of fire. Years ago, when Corey was a little boy, he was burned accidentally with some hot grease. I was doing some fish cooking and, and the pot that I had set up on a table spilled over, and Corey was right there. There's a little puppy down there below where I was at. I'd just gotten Corey that puppy. And uh, and Corey had stooped over to pet his puppy. And all of a sudden, when Corey, the way that it happened, when Corey went to lean down, he grabbed hold of the gas line going up to the pot and pulled on it, and here come that hot grease. It got all over Corey's shoulder and side and burned him. And just the horror of it. But I've never seen anybody literally on fire. The Flames of fire. I remember going to some meeting. I think y'all were there, Brother Terry. I, I, I don't really remember the, the occasion of why we were at this meeting. But Brother Preston Moore, one of the uh, preachers of this area. He was telling a story in a sermon he was preaching. About out on Highway 41. Of a tanker truck loaded with fuel that was going down the road and had an accident, and the tanker truck flipped over, and the cab went first down into this down this slope and and it just turned it on its side, and the driver fell out and and got pinned up under the cab of that semi they said that the uh, The way Preston described it, and I looked it up on, on, I found the article on the internet just to read about it, and a true story, and this is exactly the way it happened. The driver of the truck said, I got pinned up under the cab. People that were stopped and ran to the site, they saw what happened, and several men got up under the cab and tried to push the cab up. And they couldn't, even with all their efforts combined, they couldn't lift that cab free that pinned man. A state trooper came up there. And and lo and behold. The the rear of the tanker. There was a, a leak. Because of the wreck that happened. And the fuel that he was carrying. Started trickling down. That slope. Down toward the bottom of that slope. Where the cab was. And it caught on fire. And they said that you could see the fire. Just slowly. Going toward where that man lay. And he was begging. He was begging. He said, please, please. Please, somebody help me. That trooper showed up. That trooper was standing there assessing everything. And that man looked at that trooper and he said, would you please, would you please pull your revolver and shoot me? Don't let me burn in this flame. And the trooper couldn't. He could not personally do it he could not because of the codes of the state trooper and he explained to him he said I can't he said if you can't please just give me your revolver I'll do it don't let me burn in this flame and still the trooper said I can't and slowly and surely that fire kept inching closer and closer to where that man was laid and it finally engulfed him entirely and the man burned to death out there on highway 41 hell's getting closer to every one of us every day that we live hell is inching closer and closer and closer to those who are lost without jesus christ and they're unaware they, they don't consider it they don't think about these things but hell is that close for every person who is lost the helplessness of hell it's a final place there's no getting out there's no escape there's no back door there's no parole there's no getting out for good leniency or anything like that it's a and it's got a gulf fixed to where they can't get out and go to heaven Heaven can't get to them. There's that great gulf that is fixed. No one can get to you, and you can't get to anyone. People go there, and they they have this thought: "I wasn't supposed to be here. I shouldn't be here. I was a pretty good person. I shouldn't be. I was the president of the United States. I should not be here. I was a preacher." I shouldn't be here. I was, I was good. I was decent. I wasn't as bad. I should not have been here. But there they are. And it's forever. And it settles in with them. I'm in hell. Forever. Never getting out. Never leaving. It's a place without it's fire, without any water. I can't imagine. I love water. I drink it all the time. My, my mom don't care for it, but I love water. And uh, I can't imagine a place where you just can't get one, not even one drop. There's not one drop. This rich man begged, begged, begged Abraham to send Lazarus. Just tell him, Just tell him, just dip his finger in that water and come and put it on my tongue. I'm tormented. Not one drop of water could that rich man ever enjoy. The humanity of hell. Everyday people die and go to this place called hell. Truth about us Is that all of us Are made up Comprised of a spirit Soul and body We see the body die And it lays in a coffin But the real us The, real, the eternal us The soul and spirit Leaves the body And goes somewhere Either heaven or hell There's no in between There's no place Called purgatory There's no place In between that Somebody goes to and gets a second chance, as some teach. It's either heaven or hell. The rich and the poor go to hell. The educated and the simple, they go to hell. The male and the female, they go to hell. The young person, the old person, they die without Jesus. They go to a place called hell. Kings and the servants. They die without Jesus and go to hell. Your family members. Your friends. Your buddies. Your workmates. Dads. Moms. Grandparents. Aunts. Uncles. Nieces. Nephews. People. 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 Go to hell. When's the last time any one of us Have ever gone to a funeral service And even considered Are they in heaven or are they in hell And according to Jesus Christ There's more that go to hell Than there are that go to heaven I believe, I believe the most common thought Of those that are in hell That rich man That rich man Think about him, he was, had everything that he ever wanted in life. He didn't have to beg anybody, He didn't have to go to a bank and borrow any money. He had everything he needed right at his disposal, and he made sure that he was lived that way. But now he's in hell. Even today, this rich man that we've just read about is still there. He's on fire, he's tormented, he's burning. He's in darkness, there's screaming all around him. He's still there. But I believe the most common thought of those who do find themselves in this place called hell is, I never thought that it really would happen to me. I never thought, I never dreamed that this would be my eternal fate. I never dreamed that I would wind up in a place that I heard the preacher preach about. A place that I read in the Bible about. I never dreamed that it would happen to me. But it happens to every person who dies without Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important to understand why Jesus came. He came to die for every person, not just sitting here this morning, but every person of every generation that there's ever been. He died for their sins. Depending on what we do with Jesus Christ determines our eternity forever. There's a a thought I want to try to press to your hearts this morning. <clears throat> How many of you in here has got somebody in your life that you honestly love? Raise your hand. Every one of us, every one of us we got somebody in our life that we love. This is a horrible thought, but I must press it to your hearts this morning. That if that loved one is saved, they'll die and go to heaven. But if you're lost You'll die and go to hell And here's the horrible thought You'll never Be remembered by them Anymore Jesus said this He said God shall wipe away Or Jesus His word says God shall wipe away all tears From their eyes Speaking of those in heaven And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. It wouldn't be heaven if we were always thinking about our loved ones in hell. To think this horrible thought that those that we loved will never remember those that you loved. They will never think about you ever again but I do want to end right here. There is a hero of hell and his name is Jesus Christ. I saw a bumper sticker and I love the bumper sticker. It says, uh, heroes don't wear capes, they wear uniforms honoring our military and I, I appreciate that sentiment, that thought. But the hero of hell didn't wear a cape, he didn't wear a uniform. Matter of fact, when he went to the cross, he was without any clothing. He hung in shame between heaven and earth so that we could believe on Him and be saved and escape this horrible place that's called hell. The gospel is called good news. That's what the word gospel means. It means good news. Today, the lost of the world now want God's laws taken off of our walls. They want prayer taken out of our schools. They want the name of Jesus removed from every prayer. They want the celebrations that commemorate Jesus Christ to be turned into worldly parties. But in hell, they're begging the church to tell their loved ones about Jesus Christ. This rich man begged Lazarus to go tell his brothers. Please go tell my brothers. I love my brothers. Don't let my brothers, my brothers. I don't want them to experience. I don't want them to see me down here. Down in hell, hell is not used as a curse word as it is here on earth. Hell is not joked about. Hell is not a lightly spoken of. There's no parties, no buddies, no come on down to hell. It's a wonderful thing. The truth, those who are in hell, or begging you and I who are saved. To go tell their loved ones. About this place called hell. Someone may say well I don't believe God would ever send anybody to hell. He's too loving of a God. And that's true. He doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself. He's left the choice up to you. Of whether you'll be saved or lost. He put Jesus on the cross. His only He loves you so much. He sent his son to die on the cross of Calvary. And he did die. He shed his blood. And then he was buried. But three days later, Jesus got up out of that grave. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus said this. He said, I'm he that was dead. And I'm alive forevermore. And I've got the keys to death and hell. <laughs> oh, what a hero. That we who are saved have in our lives to keep us from this place called hell. Why do people go to hell? Turn your Bibles into John 3. Sis, you come on to the piano, please. Brother Terry, if you could get up a song to sing, it would be, it'd be great. I'd, I don't mean to spring that on you, but I believe God would have us to sing an invitation. Why do people go to hell? John chapter 3. We all know verse 16. Every one of us in this room could probably quote John 3.16. But John 3.17 says this. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. That was not His purpose. But that the world through Him might be what? saved he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already why because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil I remember reading a story years ago about a certain unit in our armed services. I don't remember exactly which branch of the service it was, but this particular unit was the, was the unit that always got the tough assignments. They had more casualty rates than any other unit because they would get the frontline dangerous jobs. And they needed a chaplain to accompany them with them. And they were interviewing different ch- men who had applied for the job of being a chaplain. And they were, sit- this one applicant was sitting in front of that panel of soldiers. And they asked him one question. And this was the question they asked that chaplain They said, Do you believe in a literal place called hell? Without even thinking about it, he said, No, there's no such place as hell. No. They said, Well, if that's your answer, we neither want you nor need you to be our chaplain. They said, For they went on to say, For if there's not a hell, why do we need you? But if there is, and you don't believe in it, we don't want you to be our chaplain I'd rather set up under a preacher that preach about hell than I had one that would just tell me how to become a multi-millionaire I'd rather somebody tell me the truth of this book than I had for set up anybody that was that would just rattle on speak with smooth speeches just try to make me feel good about myself all the time You see, this that Jesus spoke of is real. It's not a fairy tale. Oh, let me me go back to the top of my notes. I looked up the word hell in the dictionary. Do you know what the dictionary said about hell? It said hell, this is their definition. Hell, in many religious and folkloric traditions... Is a place or state of torment and punishment. Hell appears in several mythologies and religions, but hell, they said, is this extreme disorder of chaos. Why, we have that in the White House. (laughs) But that's not hell. Jesus said it was in the heart of the earth it's a real place I'm begging you if you've never been saved please please ask Jesus Christ into your heart before it's too late if you've never considered asking Jesus to save you I'm begging you as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ I bet old Dan Bremer would want me to preach about it brother he preached about it for years. This, this man right here is a friend of Daniel Brimmer's. I asked about him and said that he's, he won't eat. But old Dan Brimmer preached about this place called hell. As we stand this morning, heads are bowed and eyes are closed before we sing. There may be somebody here this morning that isn't saved.